This is Outlandish Outcasts at outlandishoutcasts.com. Welcome to Outlandish Outcasts. I'm your host, Al. With me, as always, it's Desi. How are you doing tonight, Desi? Yay, it's me. I'm always doing good. Cool. How are you doing tonight? I'm all right. I'm all right. Just all right? Just all right. Got some exciting stories, though. I've got exciting stories. I don't have any, like, sad stories. Oh, thank God. I don't have any depressing stories. Thank God. I don't have any scary stories. Mm-hmm. I've got one a little controversial. I'm a little That's worried. It. That's it. <laughs> I don't think any of mine are controversial. Although, I always try to mix them up. But I have two science ones today again. Yeah. I can't get away from science. I'm always stuck on history usually, so... Or else, like, really, really current events. See, and I like the science and looking at creative, like, the travel with the mm-hmm. odd stuff yep. or yep. artsy-fartsy. Or You're artsy-fartsy. I am artsy-fartsy. Mm-hmm. Just call me artsy because I'm fartsy. Well, the second part of that is definitely right. I am artsy. <laughs> totally artsy. I believe you are first today. I totally am. So we all know what a platypus is. Yes. I learned that when I was a kid from the commercials with the duck-billed platypus when I was a kid. You didn't learn it off of Mr. Rogers' make-believe? Yeah, maybe I did, but that's not Ma- where I remember it from. neighborhood of make-believe? I remember it from whatever it learning thing that was Dr. Goodbye. Wasn't it Dr. Bill Platypus? No, I don't. I don't remember. They lived in the little mound, and they had a little daughter who was friends with Danielle Kitten. Okay. I don't remember. Daniel Kitten, meow, meow. don't remember. (laughs) I thought it was Daniel Tiger. Daniel Tiger, meow, meow. (laughs) Sorry. Weren't we just talking about the Tiger King the other day or whatever that was brought up? We weren't talking about it, but a bunch of other people around us were. Yeah. Made me think of all the... Cool cats and kittens. It wasn't people around us. We were literally watching a stream. <laughs> like, I know it feels like you you're know, there, but you're not really there. <laughs> you know, being that we don't do much lately, I like to pretend like I'm just people watching. Okay. Well, yeah, it's like I have all these friends that I hear from every day. So They're in my I ear, and it's a, our by podcast usually. What we're doing, they don't really need to know we weren't there. No. <laughs> I mean, you guys do deserve the truth but (laughs) i just wanted to be there okay okay (laughs) so anyways uh the dick duck (laughs) platypus lane platypus that'd be an interesting it was a little bit of the slur i'm going with a slur okay just like my fat finger text messages uh the duck bill egg lane platypus um they got a little bit weirder here from what I was reading. Okay. So how much do you know about very them? Little, very, very, very little. So they're kind of like a boring animal or? Sure, maybe. They bore? <laughs> do they make holes? They swim. They oh. swim. Oh. Okay. So it turns out that their fur glows green and blue under ultraviolet light. Really? Yep. That's kind of cool. So under visible light, a platypus extremely dense fur 
um, which insulates and protects them in the cold water, is a drab brown. It's just boring looking, although the platypus is pretty interesting looking because it's mm. like a duck, a beaver yeah. mix. Um, I mean, it's not. But anyways, under UV light, it has the biofluorescence, which is absorption. If people are not aware of what biofluorescence is, mm -hmm. it's absorption and reemissions of light from living organisms. Fluorescent organisms have proteins built into their skin and other tissues that absorb energy from sunlight and remit in a different color. Hmm. So this happens with a lot of water, like yeah. amphibians. Yeah, that would make um, sense fish a lot mm -hmm. you don't really see it with mammals this is actually the third mammal that they have discovered that does this okay and i found it funny because after i heard the other two because i did look to see i gotta pull this up here it's on another page um maybe it wasn't on the other page <laughs> <laughs> it's on some page <laughs> i want to Fine, because we have plenty of squirrels in our backyard. Yeah, lots. Apparently, they glow bright pink in ultraviolet. Really? Yeah. So there are three different types of squirrels in that were studied in Northern America. Mm -hmm. So three different species. All three were studied, and all three glow bright pink. So it makes me wonder why, because usually, like, fish, there's some meaning to it, because you adapt to things yeah. yeah so why are they giving this glow like mm -hmm. we can't see it clearly we cannot but can other animals so they Maybe. are researching this to see but it sounded like and it's funny because none of these three mammals are related so maybe there are other mammals that do this mm -hmm. um but uh, the opossums are the other ones okay so duckbill platypus swims underwater Squirrels do not. Do not, no. Neither do possums, and possums aren't furry, really. Hmm. So, it, I just, or opossums, they are furry. Those are. Yeah. I have the wrong one. Opossums, they hang upside down, look mm -hmm. like a rat. Yeah. But they're nowhere near as related. They're no. nowhere near That's the same really type weird. of mammal. So, it's like, is what is this used for? I don't know. It's not like a chameleon because they don't change. Don't we change. don't yeah. see it. I don't know. Maybe it, maybe it's to help see each other. Well, it know? was weird because in here it said um, the study that they had done with the platypus, the males are a brighter UV. They give off a brighter mm -hmm. than the females, which mm. is funny because when you look at birds, the more colorful bird is the male. Yeah. Always. Mm -hmm. Stupid. Oh, the female's <laughs> got to sit on the egg. She doesn't want to be standing Have you ever seen out. a female peacock? They're brown. Yeah. They're just, you know, gross. Not yeah, gross, but, you know, whatever. just plain. Whatever. Yeah. But then again, it does take a lot <laughs> for a male to get a female's attention. Yes, it does. Because they're just like, you really need to impress me a little more. <laughs> just a little. Yeah. <laughs> But anyways, funny. I thought that was kind of cool coming across UV rays and platypuses will change color underwater cool. or under UV light. 
So that's really interesting. That's really interesting. I'm waiting. I can't wait for because this came out this year, but I want to know why. Why? Yeah. And they are studying it, so that's we'll a plus. We'll probably get some answers of some kind anyway. In about five to six years, because yeah. they gotta build their takes time. Their their hypothesis and then study yep. it. Yep, yep, yep. All right. My first story is a little bit of history. History. It's, it's a history of a product that reminds me greatly of my childhood. I thought you were going to say of me. No, of my childhood. This is a very, very important thing to me when I was a kid. Was it one of those trikes? No, this was not a toy. Okay. But it had to do with toys, but it was not. It a was toy. not a toy, but it had to do with toys. It's the history of the Sears catalog. Oh my God! I remember flipping through it and circling oh. stuff. Oh yeah, like I want this and I want this. I never. And Mom, can I have this? And she's like, "We're not made out of money." And I'm like, "Just write a check." When I was a kid, <laughs> I never. Me and my mom never had one, but we, my grandma always would get all the the Sears catalog, the J.C. Penney catalog, and the Montgomery Ward catalog. Mm -hmm. And I would go to her house and just spend hours and hours circling stuff and trying to find stuff so how would you not circle stuff they always had like the coolest toys yep. on top of it so figured i'd bring a, a little bit of the history it's a long history i'm not covering every little in and out that happened to the sears catalog but it all began okay. in 1886. that's uh, quite a time a railroad ago. station agent in minneapolis minnesota named richard sears started selling gold watches at fourteen dollars okay. a piece, the next year he got together with Alva Roebuck, uh, and they opened a <laughs> store in Chicago called Sears and Roebuck, and that's when they started putting together catalogs to to send out. Um, the uh, da, 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 C C Richard Sears wrote almost all every word inside of every catalog until nineteen oh eight when he passed away. So he was the editor, he was the writer, he wrote every description of every item. Uh, I thought that was kind of cool. Hmm, that is kind of cool. Um, in the early 1900s, 1906, Montgomery Ward came along and put out their first catalog. Shortly after that, J.C. Penney came along and put out their catalog. Uh, so now there was a, a really robust business in catalogs, and everybody mm -hmm. was trying to be the best and get the most sales. So Sears had this great idea. They took their catalog and made it thicker, but smaller. Thicker and the reason and for this was I so thicker when, and smaller. How big were these things? Because I mean, eight by ten paper typically. No, no thickness. Oh, thick. I don't know. I'm not sure how thick were they were at the time, but they made it thicker and smaller. And the reason for that was they figured these catalogs. Thicker, that's because magazines were like. Yeah, these catalogs ginormous. are sitting on coffee tables. And if you've got the Montgomery Ward catalog and a Sears catalog, you're going to put the one that's smaller in size on top. So that would be the Sears catalog. Oh, <laughs> so it's not like a tower falling all Exa over the place. Exactly. So they designed it to be slightly smaller in size so it would Christmas fit on top. Christmas is coming up, and anyone who watches Christmas stories on TV or AMC knows mm -hmm. there's the 24-hour Christmas story marathon yeah. thing. Um the mom on there is looking through a magazine, mm -hmm. and it's ginormous. Mm -hmm. They were big oh, yeah, magazines were back in the day. 
Like, I cannot imagine being a mail carrier on Sears Day or on Popular Mechanics Day or any of that because they were, no, they were big. Yeah. In, uh, in 1908, they started offering house kits in the they Sears catalog. They were like catalog. magazine size. I guess yeah. that's a good way. If yeah. people don't know what size they were, yeah. like if you're younger than us, yeah. I'm 24. <laughs> <laughs> so in 1908, they started offering house kits. Uh, there was 447 different designs. House kits? You could buy a house in the catalog. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember looking at those. Uh, when they first started. Not that year, though, like when the, I was a kid. The Mongolia design was $5,140. Or the more popular Winona design was $744. Sears advertised that they promised they'd furnish all the material to build the house and all the parts arrived usually by train, pre-cut, ready to assemble. Uh, they did this from 1908 to 1940. Uh, and they sold about 75,000 homes through their catalog. Menards has homes like that, and I've looked through them. I never really wanted to own a trailer house or a double wide, but because you can kind of look through it or even possibly design it yourself a little bit because mm-hmm. you had options, I would always look through them like, I could live in this. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> During the late 20s and early 30s, we start going through the Depression. Nobody's got any money. That's when they launched their no money down financing through the catalog. Like layaway? Like a, a, Not a layaway program, a credit program. Okay. So. Like loans. Yeah. Like, like so they started doing loans. So you loans get it, their, but you yep, pay. You pay payments on it. Did they it. lose money? N- no, it was a great business for them. Wow. They made a ton of money. A ton wow. of money. Nice. Um, 1933, this was a big year. It was first year Sears issued their Christmas catalog. That's a big deal for me. <laughs> and this, this is the year they named it the Wish Book. And I will never forget looking through that catalog. It says Wish Book on the front. I don't know if my mom always got the Sears catalog. So I always circled. I even remember in the summer circling and in the middle of it running outside to play yeah i don't know if there was i mean i'm sure we got the wish book but i don't remember it because like you said you were at your grandma's doing it so you probably showed up and you're like (gasps) yep i was excited very excited and me i was just like oh look more toys to circle i want this i want this (gasps) an (laughs) etch-a-sketch so yeah and, of course, uh, as we get to the 1960s and 70s, it, it, things slowed down for the catalog. I mean, obviously, I'm looking at it in the 80s, so it's still alive. But yep. it wasn't a booming as business in a large part because of retail stores opened everywhere. Oh, and they yeah, had yeah, competition chains. everywhere. Um, 1993 was when Sears announced they closed their catalog division, bringing an end to the Sears catalog. That's crazy. Yeah. I just, I read this story and it just took me back to my childhood and me it's and my cousins would just sit up and read. Oh, well, so. We got the Amazon toy catalog or yeah. whatever. Yeah. And I sat the kids down. And I'm like, circle what you want. <laughs> I don't know what else to do. That's like, what you do. That's our what you youngest do. You child. Go through a catalog and circle stuff. What do you want for your birthday and Christmas? He gave us two things. Yeah. And I'm like, your birthday and Christmas. Like, I need a hundred mm. items so yeah. I can go through and pick what. Yeah. Nope. Just two things. Just like last year. Never did get that goldfish. 
No, he didn't. Ooh. <laughs> that was bad. Oh, what do you ask for this year? A turtle? Turtle. <laughs> uh, I don't know where we're going to get a turtle. I'd say give him a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle, but he hates those for some reason all of a sudden. Does he? Yes. It's because you have pajama bottoms. He with started them on complaining there. about him when he got the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle watch for Christmas last year from Grandma. He was Why was happy. he complaining about him? For some reason, he doesn't like Ninja Turtles anymore. Weird. Like, he just really doesn't like them. He got into Pokemon? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I no He's idea. into Among Us now. Yep. Okay. Anyways, enough about him. The show is not about him. No. <laughs> Even though I can talk about our kids for hours. Um, my next is another science thing. It's kind of a current, but it has a little bit of history in it. Okay. Um, kind of, sort of. So, you know about the... See, and I was going to look this up and I forgot how to pronounce it. Eric Ebo Observatory. It's the world's largest single-dish radio telescope. I don't think I know about this. Maybe. What? Am I the only weird child? Maybe. I was. It was in the 80s. I remember learning about this telescope, and that's when I went, oh, they're looking for alien life forms. Because yeah. this thing sent out a signal out into the universe. Was that where that like SETI program was based or whatever? That program that was looking for I'm assuming that's what it is yes okay. um, because they sent out a signal back in the 70s looking for mm -hmm. extraterrestrial life and yeah. that's when I went I'm gonna look for aliens when I grow up that was where my parents knew I wasn't your normal child yeah. <laughs> they were like she didn't say she wanted to be a ballerina. <laughs> she wants to look <laughs> or for Or a princess. She wants to look for E.T. <laughs> Funny. Even though E.T. scared the living daylights out of me as a child watching that movie. <laughs> um, so recently, um, this year, imagine this year, all the bad stuff seems to be happening. Of course. One of its uh, main cables broke. So about and it like lashed onto the satellite itself, and about a hundred foot long gash is now in the dish. Okay. A second one on November sixth has now broke because these cables are so big. Let me kind of see if I can find the specs on this. This. Oh, it's gonna take about nine point five million to refund. They have ordered the or for in funding to mm -hmm. repair this. Um, they have ordered the cable. This satellite sits over a sinkhole in Puerto Rico. Cool. Um, there are three towers that sit around it as platforms to kind of help for the support of the cables that, and there are four cables per tower. Okay, this looks that familiar. This. I, I, I didn't it's ginormous. recognize by name, but this looks familiar like I've seen maybe a it's documentary on it or something. It's the world's largest satellite that is out there. This okay. does not pick up TV signal. This picks up <laughs> outer sp yeah. space. They space have noise. found um, planets mm -hmm. looking through this oh, yeah. and other universes that are out there. 
Um, one of the towers is about 350 feet tall, okay. and that's the tallest. Um, and these are held by 18 thick steel cables strapped to three of the concrete towers that are around it. Okay. Um, I thought I had had the measurements of the tower itself, but if I do, this is three pages. 500 feet above a 1,000-foot-wide dish. Hmm. Wow. That's huge. So, 1,000-foot-wide dish, and there are three towers holding this. So, the concern when the first cable broke back in June, I believe it was, when I was reading through this, is, is it safe? Because... It was a main primary cable. Like, there's more than one cable coming off of each tower, but there was one main one in back in 1993, I think is what it said. They added more cables in case. Just in case something something like this happened. Something was to happen. That's good. Um, And to kind of help. Well, now one of the main cables broke, and the stability because of wind and everything, the satellite can rock. Because there's nothing like stabilizing it's literally just hanging, hanging there above this sinkhole yeah so um and it was hurricane maria that came through and kind of i'm assuming that's kind of what pushed this last or first cable over mm. like they do inspections all the time but they were looking at it in june they were like kind of concerned about safety of people going to fix it, all the engineers that are looking at this. And then all of a sudden the second one broke this month. And they were like, you know... (laughs) Time to replace some cables. (laughs) Time to replace, but is it going to be safe to replace those cables? Could they fall through the satellite? Yeah. They could die trying to repair this. So... Right now, they did order what they needed, but they're not sure if they're going to be able to fix this because it's all going to depend on the stability of the cable because right now it's extremely unstable now that the second cable has broke. Hmm. So if it doesn't get fixed, I'm going to be extremely sad because this is what got my interest into aliens that I now have a deathly fear of. I say it's of the unknown, but <laughs> you never know, cause, yeah, yeah. Funny. So I I just hope this current event, and if you've never heard of this this, I'm pretty positive it's the world world's largest satellite. Mm-hmm. Go look at it, check it out. That hmm. you can tour it. Um, well, right now <laughs> I'm sure you can't, um, but. There is a station there that you can go to learn about it and see okay. what they have discovered. That's and cool. and Puerto Rico, I'm sure, is pretty nice this time of year because oh, it's sure. close to the equator. Yep. So it wouldn't be a bad travel destination. Good time of year to go to Puerto Rico, that's for sure. And they might have tacos there. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> that went out to one of my funny, friends. Funny, funny, funny. <laughs> if, if he actually listens... He knows the reference. He's Puerto Rican, so he gets it. So, my next story. My next story started some controversy. 
Oh, great. In 2009. Am I going to make you delete this? In 2009. <laughs> you keep going. Okay. <laughs> yeah. The story starts in 1969. Okay. Does this have to do the, with, like, Woodstock? No. Okay. It does have to do with something else big that happened in 1969. Okay. Where? Um, where what? Where, where did this thing happen in 1969? If it wasn't Woodstock, Georgia, where did this thing happen? A few hundred thousand miles away. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> in 1969, the uh, former prime minister, prime minister to Holland, uh, William Dress, says he received... From Neil Armstrong, a piece of moon rock. So something down in Florida having to do with, okay, the the moon landing. Yeah. So this piece of moon rock with just a little plaque that said, you know, donated by or moon rock. It had a date. Um, it wasn't real official looking. Okay. Uh, sat in a museum in Holland for many, many years until 2006. When they took it out because it wasn't moon rock. When a NASA engineer was touring the museum and said, what? We didn't ever give. <laughs> we gave moon rocks to many countries, but none from the original mission in 1969, for one. Number two, this doesn't look like any moon rock this NASA engineer had ever seen. Oh, my gosh. Did so they just he put had something it tested. There that wasn't really. It was petrified wood from Arizona. <laughs> Now, this, of course, spurred all the conspiracy theorists who believe that we did not go to the moon and they just filmed it in the desert. Of course, now oh, everybody at this point thinks this is what happened. That's hilarious. This is not what happened. This, is, this was a situation where somebody was given a gift that wasn't real. <laughs> like, <laughs> somebody gave this prime minister... Because, first of all... We have, it's almost like you bring something to a pawn shop. You're like, no, this isn't yeah. authentic. Well, I need the papers for it. There are no yep. papers for it. You're just going to have to trust my word is, for it. It's because of things like that. In the 1970s, we did give pieces of moon rock to 100 different countries. Uh -huh. But every one of those has certificates of authentication. They were all presented by either the president or... Um, oh, that is so funny. Or, you know, somebody extremely high up, government official, presenting it to their, their country's leader... This was not given over that way. It was just kind of oh, a, here my you gosh. go. <laughs> Wait, so did they actually receive it from Neil Armstrong? Th no, there's no, uh, we don't know. There's no okay. record of it. All there is was a little plaque that said, I received this, but they're both dead. So there's no way to verify it. Neil uh, Neil Armstrong was not dead in 2009 when this came out. They know the wood is from Arizona? They, they did the... Um, whatever kind of testing they did on the wood and they, they determined it's from it's it's fossilized like wood from Arizona type of tree it is yeah because yeah. this tree grows in this area type yeah. thing yeah but I just thought it was really funny I in my oh my gosh do you think the astronauts were making money off of this who went up there and they're like how can I be, make it I don't look know if we like discussed a moon rock on... and how would they even know what an actual moon rock looks like yeah that I don't know like I mean they don't now but the the one of the things that triggered the weirdness was we didn't give we didn't give away any moon rocks we didn't bring back any moon rocks from the first trip. 
the moon rocks came from that trips so later funny. on years later where they brought like 230 pounds of moon rocks back the conspiracy and but the flat earthers it, yeah, may live it, on it brought me back to a time when i had at a previous job when i used to argue with this guy i worked with because he was a firm believer in we never went to the moon and <laughs> i could name somebody that, else at too. that time japan had launched um a satellite that you could view like video of it going around the moon and you could see our what's it, on the other like, side of the moon it, then it zoomed so far in that you could see the flag still standing there the footprint still in the dust like it's all still there because there's no atmosphere to move it around so like and i just remember pointing that out to him I thought across there was the still news. wind up there I mean, they're, I, I'm not sure. I don't I think so. I thought there was. Um, it was they're... pretty positive. Maybe not on the moon direct, but I know there is something. Uh, maybe. Maybe just not right on the, directly on the moon. Because I know, like, you can still, like, the footprints are literally still in the sand, in the. That dust. just blows my mind. How is there not an atmosphere around the moon? Although I get it's a rock and the earth is pulling it. Yep. Oh, that seriously blows my mind. Yeah. Just thinking of it, like if I landed on the moon, I'd be sitting there still going, I just don't get it. (laughs) (laughs) I need to know more. And this is why I love science so much, because it's like you can learn so much about it. But sometimes it's just like, even though it's logical, it doesn't make sense. Mm -hmm. I just thought it was a cool story, especially being a week that, you know, we just put. SpaceX just put four people up, oh, in, yeah. up to we the space the station kids this week. Watching yeah. it, and our, our son, of course, goes, they look like they're from among did you, us. <laughs> did you see they brought a baby Yoda? <laughs> no. They brought a baby Yoda doll with them on the, oh, on the trip. One of the, one of the astronauts was holding a baby Yoda on the way out. That's so funny. Yeah, that was kind of funny. funny. Yep, so that's that's my story. Fake moon rock in a museum. I like that story. That was a good story. So my last story has to do with ketchup. Ketchup? I know! You're going to hate this story. I hate ketchup. <laughs> um, did you know it was once used as medicine? Ketchup was used as medicine. Yes! Okay. Yeah. I did not know that. I mean, well, think about it. Okay, 1834. 1834. Anything could have been medicine. I guess so, yeah. yeah anything was. You had the medicine man... Knowing he was, I mean, eighteen thirty-four wasn't it all just effect in liquid bottles? Eighteen thirty-four wasn't it all just heroin? <laughs> like they gave you heroin for everything then? Well, this didn't have heroin. Maybe the mushrooms and it had something to do with it. <laughs> I don't know. So, uh, a little bit of history though is eighteen thirty-four. Doctor John Cook Bennett added tomatoes to ketchup. Previously, ketchup had been a concoction of fish or mushrooms. Ugh. And then added... Ugh. You have to think, though, back in those days, yeah, yeah, yeah. they didn't have... Well, they had salt, but they didn't have sugar the way they have no, sugar yeah, I now. Get it. And I mean, even when you think of like a marinara sauce, a traditional marinara sauce is made with fish. Ew, it's a, gross. Stop. Just what, stop. It's... That's disgusting. <laughs> Just <laughs> like... stop. Ugh. So... <laughs> In addition to of tomatoes, meant it added uh, plethora of vitamins, antioxidants to the sauce. Okay. So he complained, or er, complained, he claimed his recipe could cure diarrhea, indigestion, 
jaundice and rheumatitis. Holy cow. So he added, he had pills salesman uh, Archibald Miles make his sauce into an extract of tomato pills. Hmm. And then <laughs> there became the ketchup wars. So once Dr. Bennett's pills hit the market, brigades of copycats began selling their own ketchup-based pills. Unfortunately, some of the copycats simply sold laxatives with no trace of tomatoes. Ooh. Hey, cleaned you out. Yeah. <laughs> Must be working. If you were taking those pills for constipation, you're good to go. Well, no, it was for diarrhea. Okay, well, now you're not good to go because your problem just got worse. No, because it would clean you out. Next thing you know, it just stops. I like suppose. You would think. I would think. Yeah, I don't know. So uh, they also made wild claims that their pills could cure everything from scurvy to mend bones. And due to the false claims, ketchup machines, um, excuse me, ketchup medicine, what's that drink over there, empire collapsed in 1850. 1850. So it took almost 20 years, 15, a little over 15 years. To realize ketchup wasn't a medicine. Nope. And then somebody got smart enough and went, we should add some sugar yeah, to say, Let's this. add some sugar and put it on a hot dog and we're good to go. Mm, ketchup. <laughs> yeah. Do they, do they still have fish or, or mushrooms in it? Maybe that's why I don't like ketchup. And I don't think so, no. Like if there's dressings, I like ranch dressing, but there are certain ranches I'm like, I swear there's mayonnaise in this. Yeah. Yeah. I could taste it. Yeah. It's gross. All right. My final story. Better be good, Alan. It's interesting. Maybe to you. It's the history of uh, how we began naming hurricanes. Okay. I, thought, I you may know, find this a little interesting. There's been some hurricanes in the news lately. I know, you we, know go A, B, C, D, E, F, G. We do, we do. And then we move through. Yeah. But, but hasn't have all, we ever hit it hasn't Z? Always, yes, yes, we have. Shut up. I was just re- It's not part of this story, but I was reading about it a couple of weeks ago. I never looked it up. Reading about it a couple of weeks ago, but every year we do recycle back to A. So. Well, yeah, because you got to start with yeah. A. But it's not where it started. You know, that's not what we. That's not what the world. How the world named them in the beginning. Okay. So. Um, they just went. It's a hurricane. For me, for many. <laughs> For many years, it was, you know, it would be kind of where where they devastated, what area they devastated in the year. So it would be, you know, the the Galveston storm of 1900 or something like that. Okay. So that's that's how, that, that, that was the beginning. Um, and then Australian weatherman Clement Regal. They don't have hurricanes there, do they? They have tropical cyclones. I was going to say, they don't have They don't hurricanes. have hurricanes. It's just, I mean, they're it the same thing, just a different. It depends on what ocean yeah, you're in. Yeah. He uh, he started naming hurricanes after local politicians that he didn't like. <laughs> I was, love it. I love it. This is so he could say things like, so-and-so is causing great distress or wandering <laughs> aimlessly about the Pacific. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is so funny. I thought that was great. Um, during World War II, the U.S. Air Force and Navy uh, began... Um, people working there began paying tribute to their wives so they would start naming hurricanes after their wives oh my god this reminds me i don't know why miley silas 
Cyrus's song, I came in like wrecking ball, <laughs> just went through my head as you said that. That's funny. Um, in the 1960s, there were some feminists that were not happy that all hurricanes at this point were being named after women. They thought that was not right to name all hurricanes <laughs> after sexist. women. So they had. We're not the only wrecking balls. You men had, can be just as equally of a drama queen as we can. They had two <laughs> suggestions. They suggested okay. that we alternate, which we still do today. It alternates a male name and a female name, so that has stuck. Okay. Their other suggestion was when it's a female name, it's a hurricane, and when it's a male name, it's a hizzacane. Oh, <laughs> that didn't stick. <laughs> Makes sense. Hurricane. <laughs> but in 1979, we switched to an alternating inventory of both men's and women's names. So um, it's fair. Yes. So what happens when they use in like a unisex what, name? What I don't. I'm. I'm not sure. I um, have a feeling they don't. Right now, we have a predetermined list of names. Yep. That rotates every six years, and it. That once, I knew once, you could pull that up. Yep. And once see. A, once a storm hits and becomes kind of famous, it is pulled off the list and a new name is added. So once it's extremely destructive, extremely destructive enough. Yeah. yeah. Once it's destructive enough, it's pulled off the list and a new like, name is added. We will list. never see another Katrina. No. Or we will never see another what was the one that uh in Florida? Andrew. Andrew. We will never see another Andrew. Yeah. No. Nope, nope, but just a little history on how we named hurricanes. I really like the beginning of it, the naming them after local politicians. Oh, <laughs> I'm like, that's such a great idea. I think that's a great idea, too. <laughs> Sad part is, is if there's a, a politician that's on, if we're in the United States, on the East Coast, and everybody's yeah. in D.C., and all of a sudden the hurricane hits there, and that hurricane named after that politician took that politician out, could you imagine? Yeah, it'd be interesting. <laughs> like, I'm not even going to name names, but Hurricane da, 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 just took out who the yeah, hurricane was named after. What a disaster. Disastrous. <laughs> yes. So. Anyway, I think uh, that's it for the stories. If you'd like to send us an email, you can. Outlandish, I like emails. Outlandishoutcasts at gmail.com. Otherwise, you can come to Facebook and leave a comment and like our page at Outlandish Outcast Podcast. Follow us on Twitter, Outlandish Casts. Otherwise, you can come to is Im Instagram. I can't talk. Instagram? Instagram. <laughs> Instagram at Outlandish Outcast Podcast. Definitely love our post and follow us there. And we are not on Parlor. And we <laughs> never will be. You can also leave us a rating or review in whatever application you're listening to this on, and hopefully you're getting it. I know Apple's having some major issues this week. Apple's so. having issues? Maybe they re they that's why a new our version. listens were just a little lower They than released normal. a new version of the operating system this week with their new phone, and oh. it screwed up the podcast app. So. Oh, yeah. I was looking. I'm like, wow, our numbers are... I mean, it wasn't like way lower, mm. but it was low enough to catch my attention. Yeah. I was like, it's, yeah, it's now a, almost a week in. It's a podcast. We're more than a few days in, yep. and the numbers are not where they, that makes sense. Yep. I don't follow tech stuff. That's the tech geek over <laughs> here that follows that stuff. Yep, yep, yep. 
I guess uh, I guess that's it. Have a good week, everybody. Bye.